0: I feel like I shouldn't have much announcements, but Aaron did that, so we're going to get right into it. So we've been talking about this idea of uh, forgiveness uh, over the past couple of weeks, and it's it's been an awesome series. I'm, I'm pumped. we got one more next week. I will not be here. Uh, again, Matt, if we could get the houses down, that would be pretty Awesome. I will be here next week. I'm going to be in Colorado visiting uh, John McDonald and a bunch of other youth pastors from around the country just kind of seeking God in prayer. Uh, Aaron's going to be bringing you the Word next week. I'm excited about that. It's going to be awesome. It's coming to close out this series. We started um, the first week. We kind of talked about what God's forgiveness looks like and this idea of why He forgives us. And I begin to get excited if you have experienced God's forgiveness at all. If you talk about it, it's just something that excites you. It is... Something that connects you to who God is, unlike anything else. I mean, understanding what He does for us is amazing. It's exciting. We talked about that in the first week. Last week, we kind of talked about how we respond to God's forgiveness. What, what? Because of what He does, how do we respond? We talked about how we love Him. This week, we're going to focus a little bit less on God so much as we're going to focus on ourselves. If that uh, makes sense. And in my opinion, the, the topic we're talking about tonight is a bigger deal than, you know, sexual sin in our generation, or drugs, or pride, or laziness, or any other thing. It's, it's probably one of the biggest deals for us as people to, to deal with. And I have no doubt in my mind that every single person in this room has dealt with this in, in some capacity. And, uh... You know, as a youth pastor, I've watched and I've heard story after story of students who, who struggle with this. We have a curriculum we do uh, called Breakthrough, where we take this spiritual inventory of our lives and we begin to just open ourselves up before God and ask for forgiveness from God. And, and time and time again, you know, students can can get through section after section without a problem, but yet they come to the section of forgiving others, and they stop, and it's hard for them. And it's one of these things that's so difficult for us to deal with. Why? Why is is this topic of forgiveness so difficult? And I want to get us thinking about this. As humans, our relationships are so important. I mean, they have the potential to bring us great joy. And if you look at the times in your life when you have the greatest joy, it's probably with someone. If I look at my own life, I can think of, you know, getting married, having my son. It's it's these times where my relationships are at an all-time high. And if relationships can give us the greatest joy in our life, then the flip side of that is that they are also able to bring us those times of great pain and hurt. The same thing that brings us great joy is the same thing that can tear us apart. Because when that relationship breaks... That's so important to us. It hurts. It brings great pain. We don't, we don't like it. See, if we didn't have relationships, and they weren't strong, and they didn't bring us great joy, it would be easy to give people. Oh, they hurt me. Who cares? I don't really care about that person very much. For me, you know, I'm not hurt that much by this person. But when we're really attached to people, and our relationships are really strong, when they break, oh, the pain is so, so much deeper. And this is the harsh reality that we live with, with the human condition. Our capacity to kind of inflict cruelty upon each other is just evidence of how selfish we are and and how we deal with one another. I mean, if you don't believe me, just think think about relationships, think about your generation, think about the the, uh, dysfunctional families and think about the broken relationships between you and your friends. I'm sure many of you, you know, as we, we talked about the other week, how many of you have a friends that you started off this year that you're no longer friends with? Your relationship is broken. And many of you raise your hand. Think about, uh, you know, the front page of the newspaper. Think about history books, war, you know, divorce, and crime. All these point to this human struggle to achieve relational harmony. We do. And our fallen condition is this... This picture of who we are as humans and how we struggle to keep harmony in our relationships. And in a perfect world, there would be no need for apologies. Everything would be fine. We would all get along. We wouldn't have to forgive people. We would just all not bother each other. We would get all, all get along really well. But that's not the world we live in. We live in a world full of sin. And because we live in a world full of sin and these relationship difficulties, we need something to help us cope with these deficiencies. We need something out there that's going to help us fix our relationship deficiencies. Luckily, God created us. He knows what we need. He gives us this thing. It's called forgiveness. Forgiveness is this requirement for lasting harmony among people. See, if we're going to get along together, if people on the planet Earth, us, you, me, those in your schools, are going to get along, forgiveness is a requirement. It's not an option. It's the only remedy to our broken world of relationships. But it's really not that simple just to say, hey, if we just all forgave each other, then everything would be okay. If we just held up signs that said world peace, everything would be okay things would fix itself. No, it it doesn't work like that. If you've ever experienced the pain of betrayal, the violation of trust, hurt from abandonment, then you can probably understand what I'm talking about. You probably understand how great the hurt is from being wronged in a situation. And you know that just offering forgiveness really isn't that easy. And this is where we start to ask ourselves... The question. Why should we forgive someone who has hurt us? Why? Why in the world should we forgive someone who doesn't deserve it? Why should I forgive someone who's in the wrong? I didn't do anything wrong. Why do I need to forgive others? This is the question we're going to be looking at tonight and kind of unpacking. Tonight I want to be extremely practical with you guys. Uh, and this is one of these messages that I could take a million different ways, but I want to just answer that question, why? Why should you forgive others who have hurt you? And tonight we're not going to look at kind of one passage and, and uh, develop it. We're going to kind of skip around and we're going to look at different things that Jesus says in this topic of forgiveness. As we get started, I want you guys to begin to think. Who in your life have you not forgiven? Who in your life needs to be forgiven? Who in your life has hurt you? For some of you, you might have to think really hard. Some of you, right off the bat, you know. You live and you carry that around with you all the time. You know maybe it's a person at school, maybe it's a, a loved one, maybe it's a family member, a brother or sister. But they've hurt you, and and you struggle with how to deal with that. So, the question tonight why should you forgive someone who has hurt you? you Taking notes, like I said, I got four points, not just three, four. This is pretty pretty crazy tonight. We're going one more than usual, all right? So, if you pre made your notes, then you have to erase and make room for four spots, all right? So, the first one is pretty deep. Pretty deep. You should forgive others because God commands you to forgive. It's as simple as that. God commands us to forgive. Now, if you're anything like me, like really Pastor Matt, that's not even like a real point. Because God said so. I mean, we, we've all, how many people have been there? You've dealt with your parents, and they've told you something, and they said, well, because we say so. Is that, is that, has anyone got that answer? Okay, most of us have, have got that answer before. And this didn't, this didn't fly with me when I was a kid. When I was younger, my parents said, because I said so, I wouldn't just be like, oh, okay, that makes sense, and, and, and just take what they said. And so I don't expect you to just go along with the idea of because God said so. And so we're going to break this down a little bit in what this means. I want you to pay attention, though. See, when my mom would say something to me, man, I was, let's do this. Like, to me, this was like an event. Like, all right, we are going to talk about this. And my mom always used to tell me, like, you should just be a lawyer because you have reason for everything. you will argue until you're right. And if you know me, Aaron's shaking his head. I, like if I play I'm playing board games, I don't I don't care if my turn lasts twenty minutes. I'm gonna argue until people do what I want, or I'm gonna drag it on. And it doesn't always work, but I'm I'm gonna drag it on. And I would do the same thing with my mom. She would say, "Because I said so." And I'm like, "Mom, I just want to go over to my cousin Phil's house and I want to spend the night. What's the big deal? What is wrong with this?" And she would say, "Well, she couldn't really think of anything besides well because I said so. I don't really want you to." And I I mean, I was Mom, I'll go 18 rounds. Uh, Let's do this. For every reason you come up with, I will come up with five reasons why I should do this. And she was like, well, you know, I would have to ask your Aunt Pat. I already asked her. I got her on the phone an hour ago. She said, it's cool. Beat you there. Well, then I have to pick you up. No. No, tomorrow we're going to be at church and you're both going to be there. So, Mom, you don't even have to do anything. You literally, she's going to come pick me up. I already asked her, so how can you tell me no? And there was this thought that my mom might not actually always be right. But see, this logic really doesn't work when we're talking about God. See, God's never wrong. He's got this ridiculous streak going called infinity. He hasn't been wrong yet so far. And I don't think he's about to be wrong. I mean, he's never messed up, said something that we can't agree with. He's never said something and we've followed that and been like, oh, we wish, wish we wouldn't have followed God. That didn't work out. No. Every time, infinity is his streak. Never going to be broken, broken right all the time. Take, for example, when he commands us not to kill. That's good advice. He's considering our longevity and peace. Pretty good things, pretty good commandment. He's right. We probably shouldn't. When he commands us not to bear false witness, that's King James for lie, he is sparing us this tangled web of deception and darkness and deceit that only results in hurt and pain. He's not telling us because it's a suggestion. He's right. We probably shouldn't lie even though we think, man, if I lie, it just might work out better for me. No, it never does. So then we consider this commandment to forgive. He is encouraging us to receive healing and live in harmony. And so we forgive because God commands us to. But not just because God's commands are wise and life-giving, and he's right all the time. I mean, that should be enough for us. But I want you guys to consider this. As Christians, our motives should be to please God, to fulfill His desires. We talked about this last week. Our response to His forgiveness should be love for Him. John 14, 15. If you love me, you will keep my commands. What was I thinking when I talked to my mom? I wasn't trying to please my mom. I wasn't thinking, gee, I wonder how I can make my mom happy and please her. No! I was thinking, how could I make Matt happy? How could I please myself? I wanted to go to Cousin Phil's house and play Sega Genesis, NHL 93, and win the Stanley Cup with the reference. That's what I wanted to do. Cousin Phil's got a trampoline. I want to go over there and bounce on that sucker, put it under the basketball hoop, and do flips and dumps and break that basketball hoop. That's what I want to do. I don't want to please my mom. I want to please myself. But yet as we consider who we are as Christians, God's told us to do something. So our desire should be to please Him. I actually want to look at what God's command actually says. And we haven't really dove into Him commanding us to forgive yet. So let's look at this. If you have your Bibles, take a note. Luke 6, verse 37. Luke 6, verse 37. I'm going to give you a second to turn to that. I'm going to hit the water. I'm going to hydrate as hot as we say. You guys don't know Hawks. Don't worry about it. All right. Luke 6, 37 says this Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Pretty clear. It's not like he tells this in some kind of parable that we have to figure out and say, What does this mean? It's pretty cut and dry. Do's and don'ts right in there. First 2 don't do it. Don't judge. Don't condemn. Last one, do this. Forgive. Declarative statement. And Jesus kind of depicts these parallels in a natural progression as they go from one to the other. It starts off in this judgment. If we do this, it leads to condemnation. In tandem, both of them, judgment and condemnation together lead to the inability for us to forgive others. And it's a pretty common tendency for us to do this. We kind of forget about command God's command not to forgive. We jump right in and we, we take care of things ourselves. Okay? By that time, forgiveness doesn't even have a shot. By the time we're done doing, handling the situation, how we think we should handle the situation, forgiveness has no shot. We get in there. What do we do? Someone wrongs us. Someone hurts our feelings. Someone steps on our toes. Flips the booger at us. Whatever. Does something we don't like. What do we do? We're quick. We judge them. We condemn them. By that time, forgiveness—we have no shot. You're not going to get to forgiveness. It's like this, if, if someone does something wrong to me, and, I, and I'm going to bring them to court, and, and, and God is the judge of that court, this would be like, you're, you're sitting in the room with this person you're accusing, and God's not quite there yet, he hasn't walked in, and so you're like, you know what, I'm going to judge him myself, I'm going to take that person, and I'm going to judge him, you know, you're, hor- you're a horrible person, you're dark, you're evil, You're a jerk, you're not nice, you're ugly. You judge that person. And then he said, you know what? My judgment's pretty fair based on what they did. I'm going to condemn them now. I'm going to come up with their punishment all by myself. I'm going to cast you out. I I hope you have no friends. I hope you trip and fall and scrape your face and you become ugly for the rest of your life. And that's what we do. We condemn people. And all of a sudden, God comes in. He's like, all right, I'm here for, to kind of mediate this. And God looks at the situation and says, okay, uh, you, you should forgive them. And you're like, Well oh, no, God, I can't forgive them. To, I, I already condemned them. I already came up with their punishment and judged them. So we don't need you to tell me to forgive them. Uh, that can't be the right solution. I've already kind of done what, I, what needs to be done. And we, we, we think we can rush to to judge people, condemn them, without really seeking God's advice or His judgment. And that's what we do. And we neglect the fact that God has already commanded us to forgive. See, that's a small point. Oh yeah, because God said so. But that's a big deal. If we want to please God as Christians, Each and every second, each and every hour, as we're dealing with people, we need to be going to Him. God, how do you want me to deal with this person? Forgiveness. I've already told you. It's in my word. Read it. I said so. Do you want to please me? Obey my commands. So that's good for those of us who love God, but I don't necessarily know that everybody in this room is at that point yet. So they said, that was good. What else? Why? Why? Should I forgive others who have hurt me? And this is probably the most difficult one for students to deal with. And the reason you should forgive those who hurt you is so that you can let it go. So you can let it go. I want to tell you a story about a hitchhiker. Does anyone ever hitchhiked in here? We got Sherry. Some of the older hippie-ish type people. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Um, I hitchhiked. It's kind of kind of weird. Me and my buddy about ten miles. We were, we were backpacking, so we were we looked legit. But this lady picked us up, and we hadn't showered in seven days. So I felt really bad for her when we got in the car. But anyway, I want to tell you a story about you know this hitchhiker and this guys kind of got nowhere to go. Kind of have a rough go at things. Life is. Pretty down, and he's got some luggage. He's got this sack that he's carrying all this stuff in, what little he has left, over his shoulder. And, it, and he's, he's traveled miles, right, about four or five miles now, and he's beginning to slow down. It's beginning to, to weigh on him. It's beginning to hurt. His feet are hurting. He's hungry. He's got no water. It's beginning to slow down, and his shoulder whole shoulders hurt so bad he can hardly turn his neck from just carrying this sack for all these miles, to finally, at once, this good Samaritan comes along, rolls down his window and says, hey pal, you need some help, why don't, why don't you get in the back, I'll, I'll at least take you as far as I'm going. And so he accepts, he says, alright, I'll get in the truck, and the guy jumps in, jumps in the truck, brings his stuff, and They go on their way. This guy's finally got some relief, finally got some help. Except, miles down the road, the driver looks in his rearview mirror, and he begins to notice something really awkward, really weird. Is that this guy hasn't taken his sack off his shoulder. Even though he's got a ride now, he can put it in the back of this truck, He, he doesn't take his stuff off. He just keeps holding it. And he can see that it's kind of weighing on him and pressing him down. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense, does it? But sadly, that's exactly what me and you do when we refuse to forgive people. When we refuse to give people, it's like holding this weight on our shoulders. And even though Jesus comes to us, rolls down the window comes alongside and says, hey man, I want to carry your load. I want to help you. I want to take you to where you need to go. Jesus does that and we say, okay Jesus, I'll help on but I don't want to forgive people so I'll still carry all my own stuff and be weighed down by what's going on. And when we do that over time, our hearts just become bitter and we don't begin to follow Christ as we should and instead of love pouring out of our lives we have this bitterness and anger that pours out Jesus kind of illustrates this point in Mark 11:25 give you guys a second to, to go there while I slurp Mark 11:25 Jesus kind of depicts this point he says this and whenever you stand praying if you have anything against anyone forgive him so that your Father in heaven will also forgive you your wrongdoing. If you have anything against anyone, anyone, forgive him. What God is saying here is, do not hold on to things. When you come to God, look over every single relationship you have. Family, friends, co-workers, teachers. And if there's conflict there, fix it. Don't let it go by. Stop what you're doing. You come to me in prayer, you come to church and you have issues with people. Jesus says, resolve it. Don't be like the guy who walks miles and just keeps carrying that and carrying it and carrying it. Because that unforgiveness in your heart is like a cancer, it's like a disease. It begins to build up, it begins to fester, it begins to grow. And in that passage, God gives you the medicine. Stop what you're doing. Go forgive others. Give them your forgiveness. And so we'd be stupid to not take that medicine, right? If it's so easy, Jesus says, Stop what you're doing. Go forgive. All your ailments, all your hurt, all your neck pain, all that goes on, all that pain inside of you will be gone. So why don't we? Why is it so hard? I think a lot of it, and the reason, I mean, it seems silly that we would do that, that we would harbor things, that we would carry baggage with us. But I think we have this idea in our, in our minds that we've kind of been taught that we need to make the situation right. God, thanks for the ride, but I'm going to carry my load. It's mine to deal with, and, I, and I'm not ready to just let someone else carry it just yet. We, we want to take care of it how, how we see fit. We don't really quite trust your way of doing things, so I'm going to kind of hold tightly my baggage. I don't want anyone else to take it. And the way we handle it is through retribution. We want justice. We need that person held responsible. We want revenge. And, and, and the, at the core of that, Is this feeling that if we forgive people, it's like we let them get away with it. If we forgive people, it's like they should have been punished for what they did to me. And if I forgive them, it's like it's okay. can't just let someone get away with it. When someone wrongs us, we get angry. We want it fixed. You guys need to understand tonight that when you forgive someone, it's not saying what they did was okay. You can still forgive them and stand opposed to their actions. Stand opposed to what he or she did to you. I mean, God does the same for us. He forgives us. He doesn't condone what he did. He stands morally in a holy God who's opposed to our sin. But yet, despite our sin, me and you, he forgives us. I recently uh, read a quote. This was crazy. It came up on Facebook today uh, of someone I hardly even know. I mean, I'm sure you all have friends that you've friended that you don't know why. Um, But this quote said this. It said, Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting someone else to die from it. I'll say it again. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting someone else to die for it. It's like if we feel as if we don't forgive people that hurts them. What? That that doesn't make any sense. We get that's the way we feel. If I don't forgive that person, I'm holding them accountable. No, 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 no. no. You're holding yourself accountable. You're the one who's being hurt when you choose not to forgive. You're the one who decides to come alongside Jesus or come alongside that truck and the hitchhiker and you say, I still want to carry my baggage because it's mine. But I don't want to let it go. And, and you may say, to, you know you don't touch Pastor Matt? It's easier for you to say, you know, we should forgive people, but you don't know what has happened to me. You. you don't know the depth of the hurt or pain or abandonment or betrayal that I've Experienced, And you would argue that forgiving someone is not humanly possible. And I would completely agree with you. What? I would completely agree with you that for you to forgive some of the things that have been for- done to you is not humanly possible. You can't do it. If you could, we wouldn't need church. We wouldn't need God. What I mean by that is it's not humanly possible for you in your own strength to forgive people who need to be forgiven. It's through God's strength. It's to rely on Him that we have the strength to forgive people. That's what Philippians 4.13 is all about. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's not about, hey, we set this first and then we're physically strong and we can lift weights. No there's has no, nothing to do with what that verse is talking about. Paul writes this verse. He's in jail. He talks about how he's learned the secret to being content. He tells the people, I have enough. I'm sufficient. What God has called me to do, I have the strength to do it. That's what that verse means. God's called you and commanded you to forgive. And what God has commanded you to do, he will give you the strength to do it. And there's no other way that we can forgive people than through his strength. Number three, taking notes. Why should you forgive someone who has hurt you? Number three, so you will be forgiven. Wait, okay, what? Yes, so you will be forgiven. Now, if you were here in the last couple of weeks, you probably said, "Well, wait a minute! I thought you were talking about forgiveness, and there's nothing you can do to make God love you more. Nothing you can do to make Him love you less." And so, why, why well, that doesn't make much sense? So, let me explain. Mark eleven twenty-five said, "Said," when we talked about this in just a second ago. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him so that your Father in heaven will also forgive your wrongdoing. Verse 26 goes on to say this. But if you don't forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your wrongdoing. Let me see it again. But if you don't forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your wrongdoing. Now this is a pretty heavy, pretty loaded scripture here. And so this does not mean... okay. If we don't forgive someone, if we fail to forgive someone, we lose our salvation. It's not what this means. Our salvation, justification—what God did for us when we accept Him and He justifies us from the penalty of death—isn't something you you lose and gain depending on if you sin that day. Okay, you don't you don't go back and forth. And if you sin that day, man, I hope I hope I. God doesn't come back in the next 10 seconds before I sin or else I'm out you're not disqualified that's not how he works that makes sense our salvation is not dependent on our human strength our efforts it's dependent on his mercy, mercy. Titus 3.5 says he saved us not by our works of righteousness that we have done but according to his mercy so what does this mean then what does this mean that God says, if you do not forgive, neither the Father in heaven will forgive your wrongdoing. What this verse means is that you are accountable for your choices. Understand this. You are accountable for your choices. See, if you choose willingly to harbor resentment, if you choose willingly to keep your burdens to yourself, God will treat you do the same way. See, when we come to Christ, God sets this standard, this, this law. And it's not these suggestions, but they're these commands. And the Bible says you can't live outside the boundaries of His law and, and not go unnoticed. You can't live in sin and God not take eye to that and see what you're doing. All throughout the Bible, in Scripture, we see us caution again, against living lawlessly, or against God's law. In Galatians 6, 7, it says it like this. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, he will also reap. God will not be mocked. You can't accept God's forgiveness and say, hey, thanks, God, that was nice, and then go live how you want. And say, hey, thanks, sucker, I'm going to... Thank you for what you did for me, but I'm going to do nothing for you. No. God will not be mocked for whatever a man sows, he will also reap. In short, if we sow bitterness and resentment, then we will reap the same. If we sow bitterness and resentment going to be really, really hard to us to do God's will. His blessing, His anointing will not be upon us if we're living in sin against His commands. That's a big deal. Those are heavy words. God says, if you do not forgive, your Father in Heaven will not forgive you. Punch. Yeah. It's a big deal. That's more than because I told you so. Lastly, and I want to kind of close with this idea. Why should you forgive someone who has hurt you? It's because you have been forgiven. You have already been forgiven. Ephesians 4:32. And be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another just as God also forgave you in Christ. See, because what God has done in your life, you have no no right, even in our human way of thinking of justice, you have no right to keep forgiveness from others. What did you do to earn your forgiveness from God? Nothing. Nothing. You did nothing. It wasn't dependent on your circumstances. It wasn't dependent on how good you are. It is not dependent on how much you read your Bible. It's not dependent on how much you raise your hands during worship. It's not dependent on how much you come to church. You did nothing to receive your forgiveness besides come to God and ask for it. In the same way, you cannot require other people to come to you in the right circumstances Before you forgive them. See, the the fundamental misconception with forgiveness is that forgiveness is between you and another person. The fundamental misconception is that if I have a problem with something, my problem is between me and that person. No, 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 no. See, when we do that, we take away all responsibility for ourselves when we cast it on someone else I try to teach my fifth and sixth graders this all the time every time there's an issue I say alright, come here I had this just last week I said, two guys were in an argument they were not happy with each other I said okay come in. tell me what you did tell me what you did Okay." and I said, why did you do that? because he, no, I said, stop, wrong why did you do that? because he, no Start again. Well, he threw it at me. Dude, no. Why did you do that? Because I had anger in my heart. Because that's the way I responded. See, the way we respond to others has nothing to do with what they do. The way you respond to others in forgiveness has zero to do with what they've done and how they treat you. We need to start taking responsibility for our own actions. Forgiveness is not between you and that person. Forgiveness is between you and God. Most people do not understand that. Forgiveness is something God's commanded us to do. And I just went through the list of reasons. There's probably two groups of you here tonight. And I want to kind of close. I want to challenge you guys and I want to pray for you guys. The first group, maybe you don't have a major issue with a person or you've just been utterly betrayed. But you, you struggle with this idea of forgiveness. You're just like every other human. You're just like me. When someone does something wrong to you, whether it's small, whether they cut in line or steal a dollar from your wallet. Something small. Man, you you want to get them back. You have this, hmm. And, and you respond based on what how they treated you instead of responding based on what God's word says. You respond based on what they did or how you feel instead of understanding that God's command is to forgive and what they did, the way they act, doesn't determine whether they get forgiveness from you You walk around and you're angry all the time, and you don't treat people with the love and respect and joy that a Christian should. I know I do it sometimes. People don't treat me the way I want to be treated. I'm not kidding them. Forget them. What a horrible testimony! What a horrible witness I am in those moments to the testimony of what God's done in my life. See, when we can forgive people when they don't deserve it, that's when people go, whoa, that's not right. That's not how normal people respond. Yeah, that's right, because we're not normal. I'm a Christ follower. I do things differently. When we begin to understand that, we'll start to see people coming to Christ. We'll start to see people. We'll start to have that blessing. We'll start to be be forgiven for God, will start to have that anointing on our lives. Some of you, there's probably small things and arguments, even in people in this room, man, that grieves the Holy Spirit. If we can't love each other, how in the world are we supposed to love someone who doesn't know Christ? How in the world are we supposed to do that? How are we supposed to love students on Friday night if we can't even love each other? My goodness. Second group, you've been listening to what I've been saying tonight and you've been kind of sitting there and you've been wrestling because you're just like that guy hitchhiking. You've been holding on to some baggage and you've been struggling with this idea of forgiveness. Someone's hurt you so bad And you have no idea how in the world. How in the world are you going to let them off your hook? That's what forgiveness is. You let them off your hook, but you don't let them off God's hook. God is the judge. Like I said earlier, you may not. This is why we're a church. This is why we need God. You may not humanly have the strength to forgive that person. But I tell you tonight, God's strength is more than enough. Bible says the same strength that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. That's pretty strong. And so, man, tonight, if, if you're someone who, man, you, there's someone in your life, maybe it could be a parent, a brother, a sister, a friend, that's hurt you so deeply and you're struggling to forgive them, I want to pray with you, but I want you to raise your hand. couple. I know there's more than that. I know many of us have been hurt deeply. Would you guys, Joy, if you raise your hand, would you, would you come up front? I want us to kind of uh, pray over you as a group. If you guys raise your hand, would you, would you come up front? Would you do that with me? I know there's a couple more people. Raise your hands. I, you didn't know, I was should come up front before you raise them because you'd be good. See, if you're good, kind of tradition and element, I don't. Like, we don't just like to preach and then, hey, that was a good message and leave. But we like to act on and believe on what what we're preaching. And so, I have a, a couple handful of people up here tonight. And then, so what I want to do uh, as we close out is that I would love um, for those of you who. Man, if, you, if you're like, wow, I don't pray much, that's cool. You can stay in your seat. But if you're someone who, man, your relationship's right with God and you can pray, I'd like you to get up out of your seats. I want to end in prayer for these students, and then we will be dismissed. Sound good? Go. I need you to get up. I need you to come forward. If you have adults in the back, I'd love for you guys to come forward.